you better clutch your nuts, honey, because it's time for Squirrel Talk. It's a lovely day today on Squirrel Talk, the podcast. That's this. Hey, squirrels. I'm your host, Vicky Licks, and we're having a lovely, lovely mid-February winter day today. Brr. Shh. Hey, Selena, was that you? That was me. I'm the wind. <laughs> Still a great moment. Um, how are you doing this day of Tuesday, this as we do on Tuesdays? Oh, I'm doing great. I love Tuesdays. It's a brand new day. Talking about a brand new show. We're doing Repulse Drag Race season 13 today. Here and we are. How was, uh, what are you doing to kind of like uh, treat yourself in this pandemic time? Is there anything that's like kind of keeping you, um, what's the word I want? Um, happy? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, the watching the Real Housewives is pretty much it. Other than that, um, I've just gotten into, and it's nothing new, but it's um, um, the Office parody porn. <laughs> office parody porn, like the Office, like the TV show, like the Office, the TV show. Yeah, I've been watching um, a lot of vintage porns. I love vintage porn. <laughs> I know, but I've been like actually watching it for like the story. I'm like waiting it out. Usually I'm like pretty in like impulsive and just like get to the part where they shoot something or other. But now I'm watching the full full movie. No, I'm very much like I need the setup. I like by the time they take their clothes off, I'm like, all right, I'm done. Like I'm all about the setup. <laughs> I need clothes on. If they take the clothes off, I'm out. Yeah. Um, you know what I've been doing though to like and it's been costing me an arm and a leg and I have to stop it. But it's the only thing that's like keeping me like sane through all this is I like to order in Starbucks on Uber Eats. What? Really? That's a thing we'd like to do? Yeah, I love my, I have my Starbucks, but I like, I ordered my breakfast, I ordered my breakfast sandwich, I ordered my egg whites, bites, and then I uh-huh. ordered my, my ice grande hazelnut Americano. And I get uh-huh. it delivered to my door and it's just like a little like, it's just a nice thing to start my day. You know, just like I open my door and, oh, look, the stork came. It just feels good. Well, how cute. But it's costing, you know, it's where it's expensive. <laughs> so. It is. That's the thing. It's like you look at the initial price and you're like, it's fine. And then there's delivery charge. You got a tip. It's like all the extra things on top of it. And then it becomes like a $12 order becomes $24. That's what I'm spending every day. It's like in every, because I have to have breakfast every day. Um, yeah, and, and I keep saying like, just make yourself breakfast, make yourself coffee. But I'm like, it literally is the only thing that's bringing me like the joy to wake up right now. It's like the motivation to start my day. So I'm kind of like, I'm kind of letting myself get away with it. Of like, you know what? This is what you need. Let it happen. We all need our treats. I like to sneak out in the middle of the night and get a shawarma. Sometimes it backfires um, out the other end. How but many shawarmas are you sneaking every day? Because it seems like right? is, how many meals of shawarmas do you have? I usually get it like three-ish times a week. Oh, I thought you were going to say a day. <laughs> no, not a day. <laughs> You're like my strange addiction. I can't stop eating shawarma. <laughs> hey, you know what's opening up today? At a least in Ottawa. Shop? The gyms. Oh, don't start with Why are you bringing this up? Because. I it, just told you how are... depressed I was and spending all my money on Starbucks to make me happy. 
I know, but the next thing that's going to make you happy is when your gym's open. They're not opening. They just posted today. Toronto is still not opening. But like, they got to open like soon, no? No, they're not. They're not. It's oh, well, come move to Ottawa. Come live with my parents. Thanks a lot, Selena Vile. I was Do so, it. I was so supportive for you and your shawarma story. Well, I just want you to live vicariously through me. I can beat you. <laughs> Anyways, uh, well, Selena can work off her shawarmas. That's great. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> you know what is good news is I finally got an appointment with my sp- with a specialist that my doctor had referred me to a year ago. Your gynecologist? Yeah, my gynecologist. And um, and we had a great phone consultation. And uh, what I think I have, my doctor, uh, the, the specialist was like, I don't think it's that, but let's run the test to find out. Which is really great because a lot of doctors often don't believe you when you tell them your symptoms or what you think it is. They usually disregard you and are like, no, and then don't even bother to run the test. So I'm really happy that this doctor was like, yeah, let's just run the test and find out. Yeah, you need those. Listen, I, I my life would have been totally different if I said I had blood clots. <laughs> I mm-hmm. told my blood, I told my doctor I had blood clots. Yeah. Uh, and they were like, no, you couldn't. You're too young. This doesn't happen to people. It's so rare. And then guess what? A year later, they almost kills me. I had blood clots. Like Jesus I Christ. Need to pay attention to this stuff. So even little things like if you're noticing something on your body, just squirrels in general, if you're listening, pay attention. You know your body better than your doctor does. Get it checked out. Yeah. So good for you. Yeah. I should have. I should have just got it checked out when I should have. I knew it. I knew it. Always get a second opinion. Like if your doctor isn't listening to you, go somewhere else. That's it. Just get the test. Get the test done. Yeah. But listen, we're here. We're healthy. We're alive. We've got Canadian health care. God bless. Yeah. And uh, uh, we're talking about Canadian health care. They don't have that in America. American health care. Oh, boy. Can't even imagine. We were talking RuPaul's Drag Race 13. And who went home? Speaking about American health care, Tamisha Amon, who has been using that, that, that health care system in America pretty frequently. <laughs> she has. I really hope she has insurance. Um, I can't but yeah, imagine. She, I can't even imagine. Oh my god, it's terrifying it to think of. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fucking. I don't understand how people survive down there. It's not the greatest country in the world. Like, stop saying it is. The healthcare is a major thing, and the fact that they don't even believe they're like, no, we should be paying insurance. But are you kidding? Do you know how we live in Canada here in healthcare? It's incredible. I can't even imagine not having it. Yeah. So anyways, Tamisha Amon, oh, what an icon. I'm so happy the healthcare pulled through for her. Awesome bag and all. Yeah, she is, um, she's an icon, yeah, as you said. And I'm really happy she had her moment to shine. The world fell in love with her and I just like can't wait to see what's next for her. I'm honestly happy that we had, wait, she was on, yeah, she was on six episodes. I'm happy to yeah. get six episodes, not for the sake of six episodes, but for six episodes of Tamisha Amon. I'm yeah. happy. I'm happy that we got her for those. Now yeah. I'm a little bit like, okay, this is this this episode is starting to feel real long. The season is starting to feel real drawn out after Tamisha's left, I have to tell you. And listen, Rose is coming in and she's saying she's having dreams of going home. <laughs> she is. Um 
Yeah. I like that. She's like, does anybody dream weird here? I had a dream that I went home early. And I'm like, that's not a weird dream to have when you're in the middle of a competition. Like you're going to dream about the things that you're surrounded by. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm just peeing in my dream. I, and my bed's just soaked. <laughs> Has that happened to you? Because it's happened to me. Oh my God. All the time when I was a kid. I used to yeah. But it was always like, I was always like a never ending story. The kid on the waterfall. There's always waterfalls. Yeah. I remember being in my cousin's house in Mexico and I was dreaming about warm, like I was being hosed down with warm water and it felt so good. And then I woke up and I had given myself a golden shower. <laughs> You're like, somebody was peeing on my face and I don't know what happened. Suddenly I peed. <laughs> and I never, I was never a bedwetter. It was just that one time and it was so embarrassing. It was in the middle of the night and I had to get up and like, Watch, like take all the sheets Honestly, and like put them in the bathroom it's so taboo but it also feels so good <laughs> it really does <laughs> it feels really nice when you're in the moment of the dream you're like holy fuck this feels good because peeing feels up. amazing well it's, it's warm it's like you're in a hot bath and then you wake up and you're like oh god what's that ammonia smell oh god i'm wet oh god it's cold yeah yeah but you know that yeah. that, one, that one minute when it's happening it's like this is why when you're giving your partner a golden shower, you want to do it in the bath and not in bed. I think that's a given. Is there like, do people need that? Do, do they need the disclaimer? I think so. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> do it in the children's ball pit. That's what I say. Uh-oh, don't go to McDonald's with Tina Burner. She'll catch you. <laughs> Out of my way, Grimace. I'm a hamburglar pissing everywhere. <laughs> All right, so Candy, I don't know why I wrote this up. Candy reminds me of like a mob boss a little bit. Of who? A mob boss. Oh, like for, she in what way? Like a little bit of like a mob wife kind of vibe where she's just like, she, but like a baby mob boss. Does that make any sense? Where she's like kind of raspy, but like in her own yeah. candy way. Like a little, um, a little Caroline Manzo. Yeah, no, no, not Caroline. I would give her more like a mob wives uh, parallel. Who's a mob? Do you know? Have you seen Mob Wives yet? No, I never. I haven't watched it. Listen, if you um, like Housewives and if you like nerd New Jersey, you will especially like Mob Wives. <laughs> who's the one Pearl did for Snatch Game? Big Ange, but Big Ange is like next level mob wife. Nobody comes close to Big Ange. <laughs> Everybody loves me. I love oh. the wise guys. <laughs> I like her already. I'm already telling you, that's her Zach voice. I've nailed it. Oh, I love Big Ange. Well, all right. Mark it down. Snatch game character. But all right, here we go. We're in the next we're the next day, right? Yeah. And um, RuPaul walks mm-hmm. in and we have a reading challenge. Get right into it. Getting right into it. It feels like, it feels early, but it's like we're on episode seven. So no, this is when a reading challenge happens. There yeah, just, there's a lot of them there. <laughs> there's 10 people there still. Yeah. And usually a reading challenge happens on um, Snatch Game Week. Well, they've switched it up. But they took the reading challenge out last year. So I have to tell you, I'm happy they brought it back because we need it. Oh, my God. You're right. I forgot about that. They did that like product placement challenge instead. Oh, I would have loved to hear Heidi read somebody. I needed that. Mm hmm. Shuffle. Shuffle and shuffle. 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 So we get a cut with Deaf Comedy Jam with Rose. This is what she's been waiting for. <laughs> she's the fashion clown. 
Um, I, I thought she was fine. I thought she did okay. Yeah, I it thought was a- Rose's comedy choices and stuff in this episode, but I would say, like, yeah, her comedy, like, her reading was okay. Yeah. Um, her delivery was just very relaxed. Like, she was just standing there with her arms at her side. Like, they were probably in her, her hands were probably in her pockets. And she was just delivering everything, like, in a straight tone. Like, there was no, like, excitement. Where's Jim Carrey? <laughs> yeah, where's your Robin Williams attitude? Right? I mean, don't, I mean, now that she's compared herself to those, it's like, girl. Because a lot of people like to make comparisons to, like, actors or, you know, it's, but some of them yeah. are not anywhere near your ball range. It's like, do you have any concept of what you do? Totally, totally. It's, that's kind of what I get with Rosé, and it bothers me, because a lot of people do this. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Play yourself under. You know, play under. Call yourself yes. like Carrot Top. Carrot Top is, sure, you could play Carrot Top. She looks like <laughs> Carrot Top. Oh, my God. <laughs> Give me Paula Poundstone. You're a total Paula Poundstone. <laughs> and that's not a bad Snatch Game character, actually. But it isn't, actually. She's a controversial person. Controversial person because of her... Um, her abuse allegations um, with her foster children. So I hit my kids. That's what you would say in a snatch game. Ah. All right. So who stood out in the reading challenge? I'm just going to say my one of my top ones was Got Mick. She had a read that says Candy represents the pug community. Very funny. Yes. She's very puggy. That's very good. Um, I liked when Denali um, did... Utica and Gottmik doing um, twerking and just like put back rolls into it instead of the actual butt. That was very good. Yeah, she made a white a white girl roughly. Yeah. Um, I also uh, like that Candy was like, I want to be suffocated by Utica's big Christian dick. <laughs> <laughs> Which now I'm like, wait a minute. What is, is it actually a big dick? What are we talking about here? It's inflatable too, man. Of course, it's got to have a big dick. It goes with the territory. Good. Very like Evie Oddly. Um, I liked when Lala Rose, Lala Rose, Lala Ree called Rose tap water. I think that yeah, was wonderful. I love that too. That was very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I will also say that who said the one more Tina? How much Tina have you actually burned? Was that, that was Simone. <laughs> that was cute. Simone for me was more about the delivery than the actual read. But I, enjoy, I enjoyed that read. I thought it was a really good one. Right. And then Elliot, of course, just throws a cape at Candy, calls it a day, crickets. <laughs> yeah, she was awkward all around. I, um, I hate when they bring props. It's like, girl, please don't bring a pop out. Oh, God. Yeah, especially if you're going to throw one and it's just going to land right in front of you. <laughs> yeah. Now, did you happen to notice who got three reads and who got less than three? Selena, I'm not going to go through this with you. Yes, yes, that determines the winner. We know, we know. <laughs> we know. Let it go. Obviously, God Maker was going to win because they had three reads. Yes, we know. They threw me off this time. They also gave Candy three reads. Well, there you go. Lala only got one. Because she stopped. Uh-oh. I thought she was good. She said she had tap water. Well, that's the only one we got to see because the other ones probably sucked. Yeah. But Gottmik won, and I, that made sense to me. And I was, I th- I'm really impressed with Gottmik in this episode. I have to tell you, I yeah, Gottmik had a very good episode. So impressed with them. I, their fashion, some of their fashions, I've been like, yes, I've been really into this, and their looks and their makeup. But so far, I've just been like, I'm not seeing a lot else outside of Gottmik. But yeah. this episode changed my mind, and I'm, I'm flipping my, my gears for Gottmik. Yeah, we got a good, we got a good episode out of Gottmik for sure. They're very sharp, very witty. It came out this episode. Yes. 
And we find out the next challenge is going to be a Bossy Rossi reboot. Improv, baby! So this is like, they did Bossy Rossi for the first time on season 10. Yeah. Um, I remember watching this and not enjoying it. Uh, I didn't like, I didn't like it. <laughs> I liked the concept of it. I just didn't like a lot of what a lot of people did. Yeah, I felt the whole thing felt very messy when I'm thinking back to that. I was like, it just felt messy. The scenes, the whatever improv, whatever things that the, the characterizations they gave him, I didn't like any of it. Yeah. I felt different about this one, though. I felt like this was a bit more well put together. Yeah. Speaking of put together, they put them together in groups based on where they're standing. And I find it interesting that there were two groups of three and two groups of two as opposed to five groups of two. I thought that was weird. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. But I, yeah, I, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you're the numbers girl you're like how many times did they read what are the numbers let me, let me spreadsheets diagram well it means something <laughs> okay uh so the groups are standing next to each other rose denali and lala and they get yes. i'm pregnant with my imaginary boyfriend's baby <laughs> <laughs> laugh track off uh, and then we got got make utica olivia luxton breaking my silence Escaping the cult of mimology. Bah. <laughs> okay, and there's Simone and Candy, former teen queen. Where are they now? <laughs> <laughs> Waldorf and what's his name over here? Statler. And Statler. And then Tina and Elliot are doing my best friend 600 pound ass is killing our friendship. Bah. <laughs> okay, Miss Piggy. So those are the, the scenarios they're doing. It's an improv challenge. So they get like loose characters. They, they get characters um, set up and a loose, what's the word I want? Well, a loose uh, scene of where it's going. Yeah. And all the lines and all the dialogue is coming out of them, whatever they come up with. Yeah, they get an outline. They don't get a script. Outline, that's it. They have, a, they have an outline. Yeah. yeah. So, and this is all based around, and I think, I guess I didn't really catch this with the first Bossy Ross, it was based on talk shows. I knew that they were doing like a Sally Jesse Raphael Ross. Yeah. Um, but I didn't put together that it was like a, a talk show. I don't know. I just wasn't getting it last time. I don't know. It was I, literally a talk show. <laughs> I know, but for some reason it just didn't compute properly. I didn't get it. The floppy disk was not inserting. But this really? makes sense. Um, I, 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 did you watch any talk shows? Oh my God, I grew up, so I would always skip. All my friends had um, their afternoon off in high school. And I had just one class, it was English. And we would skip it all the time. I would, we would go to Pizza Hut and then we would go to my friend Melanie's house and we would watch Sally Jesse Raphael and yeah, Jerry this Springer. Is an episode of Saved by the Bell? Is that, where you, is that where you were? I was literally living inside. I was playing um, Zach Morris. Um, but it was, no, it was totally, we, we always watched Sally Jesse Raphael and Jerry Springer. And it was like the fucking best. I remember watching the Moffats on Sarah and Jesse Raphael when they were little kids. Oh, um, I remember Sally. she said to a little girl, she goes, you are a little punk. It was so good. I love Sally. <laughs> I didn't really watch Sally as much. I did watch a couple episodes of Sally. Sally felt like a classy version, version of a talk show. Mm, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. Okay. I did watch a lot of Springer. I think we all did. I watched a lot of Springer. I bet you watched Ricky Lake. Were you a Ricky Lake watcher? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I watched a lot of Ricky Lake. 
Like I grew what about up, Camilla Scott, the Canadian Ricky Lake? Every day, like after school, all the cartoons would have ended by the time I walked up all those hills to get home. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I would sit down and I would watch the episode of Ricky Lake because that's all that was on. Wow. Did you watch Jenny Jones? I watched some Jenny Jones. Uh, and mostly like the, 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 one of those episodes where they burst through the walls and they're like, this was me then. Now look at me now. Yeah. I love Did Do you remember when some the two contestants like two people who were on the jenny jones show one of them murdered the other and then yeah, sued. Like, look at the talent pool you're coming from for these things you know yeah but this was like a gay story like this is like a gay person confessing his love to his straight friend and then his straight friend murdered him yeah. and there was a trial and and like jenny jones was under trial like it was like big news in the 90s well, that's because they didn't, they, they were basically uh, doing, there was early reality television where they were, uh, what's the word I want, where they exposed people, where they're exploiting, they were exploiting people mm-hmm. uh, in their different weird circumstances for their own gain and not really the gain for the, anybody who did the show, <laughs> other than they may get like a small paycheck or something. Um, yeah. It was really psychologically damaging for all the people who do those shows. Totally. And the fact that it kept going, like, like reality TV only got worse or like talk shows only got worse after that. Yeah. I always liked Ricky because I felt like Ricky took a high road with those shows. Whereas Jenny Jones and Springer were really exploitive. Yeah. Um, I did like Ricky for that reason. And Ricky, Ricky Lake is still like a champion of like queer culture. She was a real champion for queer culture. Right. Whereas I felt like Springer and Jenny Jones were like kind of mocking it. Yeah. And then RuPaul appeared on Ricky Lake. That's one of the first times since RuPaul was like on Ricky Lake. Like, was it her first? Oh, yeah. She was also on Arsenio Hall. Ooh, 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 ooh. Yeah, but that's a whole down the bag of worms. That's late night TV. Yeah, true, true. But anyways, talk shows. Here we go. We're doing Bossy Rossi, very inspired by Sally Jesse, obviously, with her glasses. Okay, so they're going over those scenes together to kind of come up with a concept and they pick their character roles. Yeah. Um, we're seeing... Everyone's working really well together. They're all being very good about picking their roles. Candy is working on her character and she's like trying to take Michelle's note of like not being so one note, big badass Candy all the time. And she's toning it down. And this concerns Simone and it concerns me too um, because she is going to a place of giving nothing. She's just kind of like delivering her lines like in a really... um, uh, like whispery and like not like zero energy way that I think that I it made me worry for her. Yeah, they were showing her reading her lines for the first time, so I was like, all right, I get it. I, I, was, yeah. I was, I was, I was intrigued to see what she was going to deliver. I will say that because she is such her own person of like I'm kind of muse, like really loud. Yeah, so, but I, I appreciated that she wanted to take that note. And she was listening. She wanted to try something different because we really need to see that at this point with Candy. Yeah, correct. Um, um, and then people like Lala were like, "I." She just watched a whole bunch of Laura, Martin Lawrence movies in her hotel room. I guess. <laughs> like, I guess. I've been studying Martin Lawrence, and I'm like, "How are you finding all these Martin Lawrence shows to watch?" She's, in She's watching them in the hotel. They were having Martin Lawrence marathon. <laughs> Where as long as she'd be like sewing looks together, she's just watching Martin Lawrence. Good for her. Martin's <laughs> hilarious. Well, she, she will talk about it if she brought it. And uh, the, 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 that's kind of, well, no, that's not, that is not it because we get to the mime group. 
Uh-huh. And we are playing mind games here, honey. Uh-huh. Chriselle Staus is out in full force tonight. Oh, my God. This is the most Chriselle. Like, she fully put on her Chriselle mask. Mm-hmm. Um, so, basically, Utica and Olivia both want the same part. Utica has four years of <laughs> being an improv troops. Oh my God. Does, um, like, does she not look like somebody in an improv troop? Do we not know this person? She would totally, <laughs> but it would be in a really small market. Like it would be like university. Would, yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm the local improv troop in Utica. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what we got, basically. It's what we got, yeah. Uh, but uh, they really wanted to play the same character. Um, and But the problem was that Utica was really selling that, like, I fell at improv. This is my gig. And yeah. Olivia was... Olivia knew exactly what she was doing. Yeah. And you know what? I'm okay with it because, like, she was right. She's like, if you're such a great improviser, then you can make anything funny. It doesn't have to be this role. And... I agree with her. So I, I would have been like, fine, take the mime role. I will make the other role funnier than yours. Yeah, but if you want to do a certain role, I think you should just put your foot down. I mean, Olivia has been doing a lot of things where she's like, she's crafty. And the, what I loved about this whole moment is that we get Tina being like, I see you, Olivia, out of the corner of my eye. I yes. And so Tina is the first person on the series of our to clock Grishel that we have clocked since episode one. Absolutely. So I'm here for that. Me too. It's very exciting. It's exciting. And then, of course, Tina and Elliot are working together. And obviously, nobody really wants to work with Elliot. So this is kind of Tina's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, Elliot also at the beginning of the episode was like, I feel left out. Like, I feel like no one understands me. And I'm just awkward here. And I'm like, well, yeah, you are. Well, there you go. So <laughs> we get into the challenge itself, right? Yeah. All right, so the first group, like we said, is Rosé, uh, Denali, and Lala doing uh, the, the, my, my Invisible Boyfriend, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. How does that go? Who stood, who stood out? It goes, like, so Rosé stands out out of the three. Denali does a really good job, but Rosé is the most solid in her character, in her jokes. For some reason, Denali is, like, always facing away. She's always, like, looking off to the left. I don't understand that choice but um like you got to play off the people that you're with honey um but rose really really nailed it i thought lala was funny when she walked into the scene uh, she didn't keep the energy up though i thought rose and denali matched each other i thought like they were kind of inter interchangeable for me um and that was kind of the i think that was what hurt them both was that they were both on the same level the same yeah energy. And there was yeah. no difference between them. So it's like, how can we say which was better or worse? They were basically, basically the same. Uh-huh. And then Lala came in and had an opportunity to bring in a different energy. And she just kind of brought, I guess, an under energy to what they were already doing. And, and we get into this with Candy and Simone, where they're like, we wanted to start off small and build up. And I felt like this scene was like, they started it off real high. They started it off real high uh, with Rosé and Denali already at like a 10. And then poor Lala has to come in and they're already at a 10, so she can't really take it above that necessarily, you know? Right. So I felt bad. But I don't, think it's, I don't think it's their fault that, that Lala was lost. I think Lala was just lost. Because, like, Ross gave her something. Like, Ross was like, ask her a question. And she could, he's like, is this going to work? And she didn't even answer it. I, what, what I'm going to say about this is that because it's improv, it's really about giving and taking. 
And I felt like they didn't, they, Rose and Denali didn't give Lala a lot. I will say that Ross gave Lala stuff to work with and she didn't hit it. So that's on her. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't feel like her, 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 her improv troupe compadres did the same with Lala. But right. she was the weakest in that group for me. Yeah, she was the weakest for sure. All right, the next group was the uh, the mime. The mime. So it's Gottmik, uh, Olivia, and the Utica. So Gottmik starts off as like the therapist, like the psychologist, selling her book. I thought Gottmik was fantastic. Gottmik came in with the right energy and like confidence, and had the jokes. I I was really impressed. I thought they were excellent. I was not, because when they did the acting challenge, I was like really underwhelmed. I was like, this is really basic for me. But yeah. seeing them do this character and the way they just did it, I was like, wow, that was, honestly, I thought they could have won this week because they did such a good job. Yeah, same. It was such, it was such a, like, a, like a nuanced character. Like it, it really not, was. It wasn't over the top. It was just like, I really was impressed by it. But it was never boring. Yeah, they really did a great job. Yeah. And then I thought that paired well with Olivia, who came in as the mime. Again, I guess it was impressive that she had no lines to speak because she was the mime, you know? Um, yeah, people are like, wow, she did all that with no lines. But I'm like, it's kind of the best character. Like, you can do literally any... It's a physical comedy character. And, like, I mean, a lot of people could... Exactly. And that's what we talk about in, with Lala. was like, she didn't have any comebacks. Well, because she had to come up with lines. With... Mm -hmm. Olivia, she didn't have to come up with lines. It's not as impressive as it is to a lot of people for me for that reason. Yeah. Now, Olivia and Gottmik play really well off of each other. They do this improv game, but they did it in reverse where, like, if it was, like, an actual improv game on, like, an improv stage, Gottmik would be saying what Olivia's doing and Olivia would have to do it. Whereas here, Olivia was doing things and Gottmik had to make up what she was actually doing. Um, it, was it was very great. funny. It was a perfect, it was exactly what you said. It was like, a, it was like a who's land. Is, is it anyway game? I loved it. Yeah. It's so fun. It's just, I think they should do those kind of styles of improv in future episodes. I, I enjoy that stuff. And I gotta say, like, Olivia was doing a great job, but Olivia, sorry, hold on. Olivia was doing a great job, but Gottmik did a fantastic job of translating what Olivia was doing. Like, there were jokes there. Um, there was confidence the there. What'd you say? Straight face the whole time. Straight face the whole time. Like, never dropped character, never broke, never laughed. Like, it was very good. Yeah, real impressed. And then, unfortunately, <laughs> Utica comes into the scene. And I was really looking forward to this. When I saw her look, she has these 10-inch nails on. She yeah. looks like this, like, blonde. Bimbo. I thought she looked really, like, gorgeous. I was like, oh, She did. She's giving yeah. me, like, a different aesthetic than we've ever seen her in, first of all. Yeah. <clears throat> so I was excited to see how she brought that on. But Utica gets into her head of rambles. She gets into this kind of rambly improv. Yeah. And here's the thing is I get where she was going because her character was supposed to talk too much. And that was supposed to be the reason why her daughter went to like the mime cult was so that she didn't like, because she was shut down from speaking because her mother speaks too much. So I get that. It's just the way she rambled. She rambled about, the same thing when she came in talking about the starbucks cup all she talked about was the cup in small 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 it was like it didn't go anywhere and it needed to like take us on a journey as opposed to like it's not just about talking it's about what you're saying too 
Yeah, and that's kind of the challenge. I mean, when you have to talk a lot, I mean, that's the, that's that's a bigger challenge than not talking to make sense of it. So yeah, I felt for her for that. I felt I felt for her, um, but she just yeah, and just and I just wasn't getting it. And then the physicalization she was giving just was a bit too much for me. So yeah, I wasn't feeling it. I was I was really um, sad for her. I felt bad for Utica. Even when she was shushing Olivia and she was like shush 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 and just kept doing it, like that was too much when it was Olivia's turn to talk and Yuka was supposed to be talking over her and that was supposed to get Olivia so frustrated that she does talk, like her talking over her still was nothing. She was saying nothing. Whereas she should have been, I don't know. It just was so so like level C improv for me. Level C. Ooh, shade. Yeah, it is shade. <laughs> Listen, we're giving a dissertation on improv. This is our TED Talk. <laughs> I got a lot to say. You've got spreadsheets. You've got your graphs. You're, you're crunching numbers on improv. I got my binder. Hello, calculator. Can you improv? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who's the next group? The next group was... Some Candy and Candy. Simone. And uh, I love... Let, let me just say, first of all, Candy does a beautiful makeup all the time. She's very pretty. She's very pretty. I love that she just knows how to paint her face really well. Yeah. Um, and I love that she's giving us a different uh, energy right off the top. She comes in. She's, you know, reserved. We, I would not recognize Candy Muse. Personality-wise, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not as impressed as everybody else. Like, yeah, she flipped the energy, but to me, it was kind of like, she just went to the place of kind of no energy, which didn't really impress me, but I'm, I am impressed that she did give us something different. I got energy from her. I didn't feel like there was no energy. Uh, it was the same way that got Mick was just that relaxed casual, but like, there's still energy. I got the same, the same vibe of candy. Um, no, I got a different vibe. Well, that's fine. That's your improv goggles that you have on <laughs> i've got my bear goggles and i'm seeing double and i like that they wanted to start slow though and simone says it off the top was like we're gonna start slow because everybody else started pretty high and i really like that and i thought it paid off in the end. yeah it did simone comes in she just gets over the gate climbs right over uh -huh. and we got this deborah moment deborah is always a funny name yeah, she, I love that she plays with her words. Yeah. Factory. Yeah. And I, 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 you know, I didn't think the scene itself between them was like anything special, but I just enjoyed, I, I was enjoying watching it. Simone is always a hit. No matter what she's doing, it's watchable. It's hilarious. She's just always on for me. She gives me Martin Lawrence. She gives you who? Martin Lawrence? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see it. Yeah. Bad boys. Bad yeah. boys. What you gonna do? Yeah, she's strong. She's confident. She does a great job. Yeah, I just felt like for me, Candy was just too, too under. I was there for it. And then I also liked that they did like the Prince of Egypt soundtrack to whatever song they were singing. Yeah. That was cute too. Row, row, row your boat. Yeah. <laughs> Very Prince of Egypt soundtrack. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> who was that who was on that that was whitney and mariah wow whitney and mariah they were very whitney and mariah Candy did you like mariah. that um did you like that simone was very um toronto drag with her candles her marketed candles 
Oh, yes. Dread Candles is very in the rage right now. People are all coming out with their candles. Chancy yeah. Candles, check her out. <laughs> yeah. So she brought up the candles. It was topical. Topical. Funny. For us. And then the last group was Tina and Elliot, my best friend's fat ass. But also in yeah. between this, there's like a little clip of Ross getting bitten by the raccoon and that really made me laugh out loud. <laughs> <laughs> you love this kind of humor. <laughs> just, oh, it's so cute. Um, yeah, I didn't really care for this scene. I think I didn't care for the storyline, and I don't know. I neither I, neither I, of these I, two were very watchable for me. In terms of like concept, this was my least favorite concept of the improv stuff. Yeah, I thought there was stuff to work with, and I thought it could have been made really funny. Um, I just don't think they did it. And Tina came out, and the opposite of Simone said, she came out at 100. So she was yeah. like, going real hard right away. And again, it was hard for Elliot to kind of keep up. I thought they should have switched roles, to be honest. I thought Elliot should have come out first, and then Tina. Yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense for me. That would have been much funnier, because I know Elliot would have been able to build up a little bit more, and Tina would have already come in at that 100 that she in. Came in yeah. Me, right, so... That was a miss for me. And then it didn't make sense. And this is this on the runway. It just turned into like a, a messy mess. And this actually, this scene reminded me of the first time they did it in season 10. The whole thing felt very messy and just like over the top. And like, just, I couldn't, I couldn't understand what was happening because it was so yeah. in my face. Yeah. And that's what I felt with this. Yeah, I was like, what's the point of this? Why are we watching this? Yeah, that's what I feel about the season 10 one. But I thought they did a better job this go around with levels. Uh-huh. So... Yeah, they did. Yeah. Um, uh, I thought uh, Elliot was. Uh, I mean, I did love when uh, Tina like sat her face or her ass right on Elliot's face. It's <laughs> kind of funny. Always a great gag. Yeah. <laughs> Shut them right up. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess yeah. that's that. And then Bossy that. was chased out. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> he's like we gotta i like that joke of like um we gotta go before whoever's house this is comes home that was funny i really enjoyed that all right so that is the challenge and then we're in the makeup mirror what's happening who's that man in the oh we find out that simone puts a lot of pressure on herself and isn't as confident as she comes across i love this because it shows to me that simone is a true artist and from and when i'm saying that i mean like a true artist doesn't come natural in a way where they yeah. constantly like to criticize themselves and they constantly challenge themselves. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think you need to be that to be a real strong artist. And that sounds crazy to some people who maybe don't do that, but like, I think you have to have that mentality to challenge yourself constantly and not, not be resting on your laurels. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's really, Cause like she comes across as like such a confident, like I know exactly who I am and what I can do type of person. And she is that, but like there's this whole other side of her and this is what like makes her vulnerable. It's what makes her watchable is the fact that like also her brother has been put in jail for armed robbery and like it like really fucked up her mom. And for that reason, she had like Simone has to be like the straight laced one who like, so she like, puts a lot of pressure on herself to like always do right. Yeah, it seems like it's like a stem, a deep stem to childhood kind of thing where she just feels like she's constantly not doing enough, you know? Yeah. Um, 
But again, I, 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 not, not regards to her childhood, but I like that in terms of her as an artist. I do like that she constantly keeps that in the back of her mind. Like, and I think that's why we're seeing this elevation in looks from her. And just in, like, in, in, in quality of her doing these challenges, of any challenge, basically, she's just bringing a different quality to the show that I feel like I haven't seen in a long time. Yeah. She's slaying, she's slaying everything. She is a front runner. I cannot see anybody taking Simone down at this junction. Absolutely. And no one has yet. Not yet. Not yet. So should we get into the runway, I guess? Um, no, let's talk about depression because Elliot and Tina get into this. No, oh, that sounds sad. <laughs> I thought we were a lighthearted podcast. <laughs> No, we get real. You started off last week by talking about, what was it? Um, we got right into, oh, politics and stuff. Yeah. Um, listen, we sympathize with this. Elliot has like clinical depression that no one else really knows about. Her boyfriend ignores. Tina sympathizes with her because she grew up in a household like that where like her mom had like clinical depression and like Tina says like I didn't know which version of my mom I was going to get each day like it's like it's something that I think everybody goes through in some degree yeah and I like getting back to this I mean I was diagnosed with clinical depression actually at one point and was medicated for it um, mm -hmm. but I feel like it was almost a misdiagnosis because I didn't medication fucked me up even more to be honest um and that whole well i mean there's a lot of people who are not on the right like their their medication is not balanced correctly and they have to try different um different cocktails and like different yeah. uh, a lot of doctors doses. Just prescribe pills just for the sake of prescribing pills yeah so, like that was the case that had happened with me um so i that whole year of my life was basically lost to like nothing it was like i was like yeah high on drugs and shit um but I get how people have chemical imbalances and like they need to have these things worked out in a certain way with medication mm -hmm. and things, right? Um, mm -hmm. it, was, it was interesting to hear Tina talk about her family of like, I, when you live with it, you know, it's one thing to have things and be like, I have this. But when you live with it, it's another thing to talk about because you're really kind of experienced everything secondhand, but you're still dealing with it. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're dealing with yeah, the effects are like the ripple down effects. It's the same thing with like alcoholism. If you've been an alcoholic, well, your partner has to deal with alcoholism, right? Yeah. Same thing with depression. Well, your partner has to deal with depression too. So mm -hmm. it was interesting to hear that and uh, recognize and for her to be able to recognize like, yeah, you, you probably do have it because a lot of people say they have depression or, you know, to sometimes to draw attention to themselves, like, apparently or whatever. Um, but it's important to hear people if they say that stuff because they're obviously asking for help. Yeah. I mean, it sounds to me like she is medicated and like it is doctor diagnosed. Um, but yeah, it's sad that she doesn't have that support at home because like we saw Veronica yesterday had an incredibly supportive fiance. And like, it's, it's so sad that like Elliot doesn't have the same, the same support system. Yeah, and it's, it seems like she comes from a very, like, upper crust, uh, deep south background, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it seems like her family is, is a bit different from the normal drag family that we see on the show. Yeah. I sense, I sense anyways. Yeah. So um, people have different views on depression, right? So 
it was it's it's good to hear from people who suffer from it just to kind of open up about it and it it, it shows us the vulnerability and it's uh let's us connect with them a little bit more because a lot of people a lot of people have this a lot of people it's an important dialogue i love talking about it because i know there's other people out there like you know I've, like a lot of other people out there with it and people don't talk about it enough so like the more people talk about it the more we relate to it and the more the stigma about it is broken because we're all just like oh we're all the same like we all deal with this shit and mental health is just not treated the same as anything else and mental health needs especially after this whole pandemic yeah people's mental health so many people are going through depression and they may not even realize they're under depression right now mm-hmm. Our mental health is so important that we are completely neglecting it and we need to not be doing that. We need to realize like, no, our physical health is directly related to our mental health. Yeah, completely. So I'm, I'm hoping we're going to get there. I'm hoping the mental health stigmas are going away. Yeah. That's and that they won't be, um, you know, used by a large corporation for their own benefit. A corporation that doesn't um, put those practices into their uh, workplace. Yeah, let's talk. Yeah, so, <clears throat> it's important for us to, to to see people talking about this stuff more. So, kudos to Elliot for talking about it. Kudos, Elliot. Yeah. All right. So let's get into the runway. Let's take a break first. I'm tired. I'm depressed. Uh, All right. See you on the other side. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna take a short break. I'm gonna have a nice hot cup of tea to bring my mood up after the short break from our sponsor. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This tea was too hot. It just burned my tongue. Spit it out. Poo-dunk. Oh, was that a spit? Was that a spit take? I, I didn't know I had corn. <laughs> Poom. <laughs> well, it's wrong end. Uh-oh. Well, that's what happens when you have the laxative teas, you know? You should be having a... Well, do you need... I guess you don't need a laxative. You're just doing it naturally. I poo like three times a day. That seems normal. I mean, usually two. I would say two. Two to three. Any I'll say I sit on the toilet three. about eight times a day, though. I have, like, phantom poos. What does that mean? Huh? What does that mean? Phantom poos? Is where you feel like you're pooing. You're like, oh, I pooed. And then you stand up, but there's like, nothing in the toilet. But you go to the toilet because you think you have to poo? Yeah. But you don't poo. Right. That's not normal. I think it is. Everyone write us in at Squirrel Talk Podcast on Instagram and let us know if you have phantom poos. Where you think you have to poo and you don't poo. Yeah. I don't think that's normal. I think it is. <laughs> I've done it my whole life. Well, I'm just telling you, I don't think, uh, I don't think you've been living life right. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, I saw a poster in a store and it had all different kinds of poos and one of them was the ghost poo. The ghost <laughs> Who are you going to call? Ghost poopers. <laughs> I want to know, do you all have phantom poos? Let us know, please. Squirrel Talk Podcast on Instagram. 
I will not go to the toilet unless I'm like ready to like shit my pants. Oh, I love going to the toilet, but I don't go in public. I don't go to public toilets. I only do it at home. The problem is once I'm on the toilet, I can't get off because I'm just, I'm so comfortable sitting there and, and I'm on my phone and I'm there for like a good hour. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of men are like that. A lot of men are like that. Because like I've lived with, with women and like they're in and out in three minutes. And I'm like, did you pee? And they're like, no. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, well, yeah. Girls, girls don't even poop. So that's why. It's true. It's true. It's true. Speaking about girls, let's get to this runway and see what the girls have in store for us. The runway, uh, I wanted to say coaches. The judges, they're mm-hmm. judgy, not coachy. Michelle mm-hmm. Massage, uh, Rossi, yeah. Matthews, Bossy Rossi, RuPaul, and T.S. Madison. T.S. Madison. Is this the first time T.S. has been a, a judge? First time on the show, we saw uh, Silky do a T.S. Madison snatching character. Um, yeah. She's been involved with World of Wonder for a long time. She had her own series on World of Wonder. Ah. Um, and T- for anybody who doesn't know T.S. Madison, she's a legendary trans woman who uh, is notorious for having a very big cock. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> do you know this? No, I don't know a lot about T.S. Madison. Oh, so she's, uh, and she talks about it in the show. She's like, in my past work, she was uh, an escort. Ah. Like she was, that, she talks about it very publicly, right? Okay. Um, she's, there's a lot of video. I mean, you can watch a video with her in a big cop. And she talks about it. That's why I can say that about her because she talks about it. <laughs> yeah, um, I've, I've listened to her on, on RuPaul's podcast and she did talk about it there. Yeah, she, I'm not making. I'm not doing this as like a transphobia thing. Like she talks about a big cock. <laughs> yeah, um, but I just love her. She owns who she is. She she loves. She owns that she was a sex worker. Uh-huh. Uh, I just love that. I just love T.S. Madison. She's very real, and I love that they had her as a judge. You know what? I just finished watching Veneno. What? Veneno. What's that? It is on HBO Max, but we don't get it in Canada, so you have to grab it illegally somehow. Um, it is um, a Spanish show about Spain's famous um, trans sex worker from 1996 was the first time they appeared on TV or she appeared on TV. And uh, she was just like all out, like full, like naked on TV, just like going on like talk shows, um, ba- like basically talk shows like like Jerry Springer and stuff like that. And uh, which is like a big television personality and was really famous in Spain. And there's a TV show about her whole life now. And it is so brilliantly done. It's like Pose, um, but like all it's like there's like full nudity. It's like full trans bodies on display, but like in a really respectful, beautiful way. And all of the actors are trans, like all. And there's a lot of trans characters, like trans characters who are played by actual trans women. It's really incredible, and it's like so beautifully done. Oh, I'm gonna watch that. It's all it's all subtitled though. Yeah, it's all in Spanish. Oh, damn it! But it's I so worth it. It's so it. worth it. <laughs> it's so hard for me to watch and I uh, can't read and watch at the same time. I know, I know. Uh, but I love, I love it, I love it. I all love right, it. we're on the runway, and the the runway theme is "Beat It." B-E-A-D. No, that's right. And I had no idea what they were talking about when they said this. And then I saw, okay, beads, beads. Got it. Ah, okay, beads. Because I thought it was beat it. And I was like, what does that mean? They all had to be eating beets as they walked down the runway. <laughs> or have you, well, do you eat beets? Um, I do. It scares me every time I pee, though. 
Oh, when that's in your poop, it comes out like it looks like you have bloody poop. Yeah. Yeah, it's the poop. It's the poop, not the beet. I put, I put beets in my chicken smoothies, so my poops come out real red. Oh, cute. They're also, so good for you, though. Also, if you have, like, red velvet cake, it's like your poops come out red because of the beet. Mmm. So. Talking about poop. Here we go. Beat it. Here, first up comes Denali. Where is giving us swinging from a chandelier. Yes. Um, she looks fucking stunning. This outfit is gorgeous, top to bottom. She just finished doing Beauty and the Beast on the cruise ship. Is this the first chandelier we've seen on the show? I think I feel like we've seen another one. Um, so she was really into this look, and I get it. So, but she was like, "I'm giving a look that you've never seen before. I'm giving you a chandelier," and I was like, "Well, honey." <laughs> We, we've, yeah, we've seen like first of all, yeah, there is a character in Beauty and the Beast that is a chandelier that walks on stage like this. Um, <laughs> also, Katy Perry went to the Met Gala famously as a chandelier. It's been done quite a few times. I think another character on the show has done a chandelier, so it's not a new concept. Yeah, uh, I will say that she ex- executed really beautifully. It's a stunning outfit. She looks fantastic. Yeah, I just didn't like that she thought it was something that's never been done. <laughs> I was like, no, no. Yeah, yeah. And I'm getting this vibe from Denali a lot. Is like, I look the most beautiful I've ever looked. And it's like, that's your opinion, though. Like, let the judges judge that. Every week, every week is the same thing. This is, I look beautiful, more beautiful than I've ever looked. Yeah. But honestly, she has some amazing looks. And she she's right. This is a beautiful look for her. She has delivered some of the best runways on the show. I give this a nut. My nuts are hanging from the chandelier with this look. It's really gorgeous. It's really well put together. I love the concept. And I love, yeah. I just like how it's structured. Yeah, it's great. I like that when she walks down, she goes, ever since I was a kid, I've been obsessed with lamps. <laughs> Did she say lamps or chandeliers? I think she said lamps. I've been obsessed with lamps. <laughs> Good for her. Well, what else are you going to do in Alaska? All they have is oil lamps. Great question. Denali, like the oil. What? That was her Alaskan family. <laughs> gotcha. That's what they sound like up there. It was all the palins. Very Dr. Quinn medicine woman in Alaska, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Here comes Rose Day giving us this looks like an Abraham Levy beat it. Who oh a designer who does a lot of these structured looks on the show. It's almost it's really getting overdone at this point though. And I love him as a designer, but his we've seen this so much now that it's like People are just copying him, and I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a silhouette that I've seen a thousand times now. Yeah. But I, I think she's it. wearing it well. It's a really well-put-together look. Um, I think the beading is beautiful on it. It's really, like, it looks like children's beads, which I think is cool. It looks like I'm a moccasin, it. almost. It almost looks like, like, a, like a moccasin. Yeah, it kind of does. I... Uh, okay, so I... <laughs> I'm getting on the fence with, I'm, I'm pulling the same thing with Jan that happened last year, where it's like, I like ideas with this, but I don't like it. And I'm getting the same thing with Rose Arrow. I'm like, I like this. I don't like the hair with this, though. The makeup I do. Doesn't make, the makeup doesn't make sense with this for me. Uh, but uh-huh. I, like, I like them all separately. I don't like them together. Uh-huh. And then this silhouette has kind of been done, but I like how it's been done for this. Um, I'm going to give, I'll give it a nut. Okay, it's a, it's a nut. I like it. I'm going to give it a nut. I'm really coming around on Rosé, especially personality-wise. Like, I like that she's stopped bragging about herself and started being, like, and started humbling down a little bit. Um, 
And I've been like after this runway and like the last few comparing her to Jan specifically, because there, there's a lot of comparisons to the two of them. I feel like Rosé has a much stronger point of view. I'm not going to say it's a good one, but it's a much stronger point of view in what she presents on the runway, as opposed to Jan, who I think was just all over the place and was like, I'm going to show you everything. I can do everything. Well, first Whereas Rosé, I feel like she, she carries, sorry, go ahead. Herself, she carries herself much better on the runway. Whereas yeah. Jan would literally run down the runway or like walk like a fucking zombie or just do something stupid. Like, <laughs> like, that just pull you out of the runway fantasy moment. Yeah. But I will say that Jan just has that bigger personality, I feel, to Rosé. She does have a bigger personality. With- but she has a little bit more of a try-hard personality, whereas Rosé's is more of like a uh, a quiet confidence. Yeah, I'm on the fence with the Rosé still. Still on the fence. Not sure, not sure. But I gave her... Yeah, a- I'm coming around to her. I like her a lot now. She's coming around the fence. Usually you're the one sitting on the fence. Ooh, it's true. I am. You love one. Anyway, I nut this. When you love one, it pokes up your butt. I'm playing with my nuts on this fence. <laughs> Hopscotch those nuts. Here comes Lala Ree. Cut. Yeah, I do think she looks good. I like the hair. I like the idea of this. It's just as RuPaul said later. It's the shape. It's the way the beating shapes her. I think is just all wrong. It's the hair. I, again, I love this hair. Not with this look. It's the beading is coming off. It's again, it's like she said, it's not giving her proportions. Uh-huh. There's a giant, I'm sorry you're bored at my, at what I'm saying. <laughs> I know you check out every time I talk. <laughs> There's a giant. Well, I'm not going to yawn while I'm talking. <laughs> well, you. The jury will notice I've never yawned once when you've talked, Selena. That's because you are perma awake. You never sleep. Are you kidding? I'm the sleepiest person here. <laughs> anyway, take a nap. Take a nap. Giant slit in the side of her nude bodysuit. Uh, it's just like it's just everything is just no. And I guess I'm so frustrated because I really haven't seen any looks from her that I'm like, yes. So it's oh just, no, her runways have been horrible. It's just so clear to me that like Lala was not ready for this at all. I mean, her personality is great. Her performances yeah. have been real flat, and her looks have been flatter. Yeah, which is just disappointing because she's one of my favorites in personality, and which is why I'm sure why they cast her. So, yeah, and I think I said this was somebody. I don't remember who I said this to before. Oh, I think it was about sister sister. Was um, some people get on the show too soon whereas some people need to get on the show in order to elevate their drag and i think that's where lala sits i think i don't think she ever would have elevated her drag if she was never on the show and granted i don't know what her drag looks like now post show so um i think we'll see bigger things from her in the years to come because she's been on the show now time will tell here comes got mick giving us anal beads and giving us me giving me my latex fantasy with these anal beads do you find we've seen this before? I feel like I've seen, like we saw Joey J do this bead head thing. Like, I'm no, so no, over. You are ponytail. I mean, the beaded latex head thing has been done a couple times. Um, yeah, like even Latrice did it, which I love that. I like. I but for me, this work. Her the concept is beads. She went with anal beads. I like that. It's funny, and I think I like that too. A cute way of doing it. Is it a, a, a crazy silhouette? No, it's just like a sixty mod dressed with some anal beads attached to it. 
And like this, yeah. You know what? I mean, there's a lot of wigs that are similar to that I don't care for. So I like this headpiece for that reason. I'm giving it a nut. I wish the whole body was a was a body was like a bead. Uh, <laughs> was an anal bead. I I'll give it. I'm gonna cut it. You're gonna Just cut. Just feel like I've seen it. But I'm gonna feel like I've seen it before. I like the idea that it's anal beads, but I feel like I've seen it before. Yeah, but we've seen a lot of things before. Yeah, but in a way that I'm like over it. Did Even I, if Angie did this head too. Did I not just say that we saw this Abraham Levy thing that Rose wore before? We've seen that 1,000 times on the show. Well, you said that. I don't, I never saw that. So that. <laughs> okay. You're crazy. This is floatable. This is great. I'm, I'm getting on her and Lawrence Chaney if the boat goes down. Go for it. I give it a nut. All right. I'm going to cut it. I'm pulling some beaded nuts out of my butt right at this minute. Here comes Olivia Lux giving us Punky Brewster. Wearing, okay, so apparently this is a separate wig. This isn't the same wig as Candy's, apparently. No. Okay, so here's the thing, though, is that this wig is based off of, I forget who, but there's another wig designer who made a similar wig. And so Olivia had a designer make this or the designer already had made it and then candy's designer based her wig on that wig so it's like basically a copy of a copy of a copy what do you think of this i like it i think it's really cute it gives me a story like it like it takes me back to her childhood um i think overall it's a cute look but did we i didn't the- see the beads but apparently the beads were there well the beads are in the wig Apparently they were on the skirt too. But did we not just see this wig? Yeah, but it's not her fault. Like it was, they both happened to bring the same wig. Okay. I'm just saying, you said this about Gottnick, okay. No, but I mean, Gottnick has seen that on the runway before putting her package together. Olivia didn't have that luxury. Oh, Olivia didn't have that luxury, but it happens to be in her name. Uh, I mean, if I saw somebody else with the same wig, I wouldn't put this wig on. I just wouldn't do it. Obviously, yeah, but the wig is, is, but the wig has the bead. So like she had to wear it. Yeah. Find something else. I would just think that way. Uh, she didn't, didn't seem to matter because she won anyways, but I'm this is the second time it's happened to her because she also wore the boxy look that, um, Simone also wore. She's had some real bad luck, but you know what? That's what happened. Olivia, bad luck. Bad luck. I give this a cut. I'm giving it a cut. Why? I don't like this. <laughs> what don't you like about it? She's wearing flats. I get it for the look. I just love it. She's wearing socks and a skirt. It's a jumper, a romper. She's got a turtleneck. I've already seen this wig. The wig would be the only thing, reason for me to give it a nut, but I've already seen it. Yeah, but you. But it's not her fault. Honestly, I liked what Candy did better with her look than this look. I don't know. I'm gonna nut. I still nut it. I like it. Absolutely not. Bye, Chriselle. Cut, cut, cut. <laughs> Here comes, speaking about can oh no, Utica. Here comes Utica giving us, um, it's a nice day for a blood wedding. And pearls are the beads. And then the, yeah, what do we think? Uh, I think it's, it's a cool look. I didn't get a lot of beading from it, but I know that the beads are there. Um, yeah. You got more beads from the Punky Brewster than you got this? No, I said I didn't see the beads on the Punky Brewster outfit, but I know that they're there. <laughs> She's got a lot of pearls. There's a lot of stuff coming up. 
I, there's a lot going on, but I really love how she thinks about this stuff. And she yeah. just has an eye to put this all together. She really is going to be like a designer after this show. I feel it. A big yeah. name designer. And I, this, this is giving me a fantasy that nobody else would ever come up with. Nut, 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 nut. Love it. Yeah, I nut it too. Yeah, I love that she's ookie kooky and she's got this fashion eye. It's great. Mm-hmm. She doesn't she's not just in an improv troupe. She does uh, weddings on the side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here comes Candy. What did you What did you give? Nut or cut? I gave it a nut. A nut. Nut. Here comes Candy, giving us some um, vintage beaded hat realness with the the still wool. What do you think? I think she looks stunning. I think she looks beautiful. It looks like something La Veneno would wear on the show of Veneno, only without the pasties. Her tits would just be out. I think it's, I think she's beautiful and she's showing a lot of body, but like she's still giving me a silhouette. Um, I, she looks stunning. I love this. This totally reminds me of like Valentina. Of yeah. What Valentina would wear. But I love that Candy is just a different size from Valentina and she looks absolutely stunning living her own truth with the body she has with this. I think it's incredible. Yeah. Um, it's, there's a real body, body, oh God, body positivity moment with this. And I think it's so well put together. All the jewels are perfect. Nut. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. And she really paints like just, she does a great job of her paint. She looks so pretty all the time. Yeah. Yeah, here she's stunning. All right, speaking of, here comes my champion, Simone, bringing mm-hmm. us to mm-hmm. the desert of Africa. Mm-hmm. These, this is beating, honey. This is, um, this is eth- ethnic, <laughs> ethnic empowerment. This is giving me so many different things. And then on top of that, so she's got her beads that are obviously uh, her two piece, and then she turns around and it's in her hair too. She's got her name beaded into her hair. It's so stunning. It's so gorgeous. Even just that moment of like when she came out, I was like, ooh. But then when she turned around, I was like, oh. <laughs> it's just like that <laughs> double. Stage and I was like, ah. She thinks about these things where it's not, she could have just did the, the top and the bottom for this. She could have. A lot of people would have. She could have. Yeah. But she turned around and she gave us so much more. Yeah, absolutely stunning. Beautiful work. She always fucking kills it. She just murders it. And RuPaul said it. This might be one of the best looks. And again, it's simple. It's really just like a top and bottom. Nothing crazy. But it's just the way she executes it. The details. The details are so uh-huh. thought out with her. Uh-huh. I'm obsessed. I can't imagine her not winning this. I know. Oh, She's next level. This moment has kind of sold it for me. All these moments, I've, I've never seen the runway that I hate from her. Uh, right. This, this runway for me was just really sold. It was like, all right, girl, I think you are going to win this. I don't, I, I don't, I can't see you not. And just the fact that she's so consistent in challenges. Yeah. Did I say this was a nut yet? Well, I think it goes without saying. <laughs> but I have <laughs> to, I have to say it. It's a nut. Say it. It's a nut. I'm going to scream. Nut. Yeah, big nut, big nut, big nut. Big nuts all over the place. Big nuts, big nuts. Here comes, well, Tina. Okay, on the other side. <laughs> on uh, In the yeah. sewer. Uh, Georgie, don't go down the well. 
Peter Berter. I cut this. I cut this so hard. Listen, what I do like about it no, don't is you that try and defend this. Is that it's better than anything she's shown us yet? No, are you kidding? <laughs> I mean, sure, the Tin Man was great. Um, she's had she's had some good looks so far. Well, she's this, had some very questionable looks. She has. This is the most questionable of the looks, though. It is not the most questionable. I disagree. Uh, this might be one of my least favorite looks I've ever seen on the show. I, no. I, yeah, I hate this more. <sighs> but I hate anything. I hate the wig. I hate the makeup. I hate the jewels. I hate these breast reveals. I hate the breasts underneath. It. I hate these fabrics. I hate the color choices. I hate the beads. There's nothing I like about this. I prefer it to a lot of things she's worn. I still cut it. I still think she's hideous. I can't stand her makeup. I need her to stop drawing her eyebrows downward as opposed to with an arch. I'm just, I can't, I can't deal with her. I can't deal with her. All of this and you're concerned with her eyebrows? Yes, because it's a consistent <laughs> issue. Honestly, that's the only thing that I kind of like about this. I'm like, her eyebrows are kind of good. <laughs> no, they are not good. Everything else, oh, okay, we're on different pages today. I, this is my absolute biggest cut of everything. Everything ever, ever. It's a this cut. Is the, this is the first cut is the deepest. <laughs> All right, here comes Elliot. Oh my God, the boob reveal was, oh God. Those, oh. And who said they, they're not your skin tone? <laughs> yeah. It's just, yeah. Here comes Elliot. So she's also got on some Mardi Gras bees. She's giving like a, a flapper, growing 20s Mardi Gras gal. So I, I, I don't hate this. I think she just needs to amp everything up another 20%. Yeah, same. Like, it's not horrible. It's actually beautiful work. It's just like, I find it's a little too short. It's just, it's under, the head is underwhelming. Her head, is, <laughs> she gives underwhelming head. Is that what you said? That's what I said. Uh, it's too many teeth. <laughs> mm. Elliot with too many teeth. <laughs> uh, yeah, 20%. That's what we need. And all of our runways so far, I've never really hated them necessarily. I've cut a lot. But I feel like she just, there's not, it's just not there. Like, we're at. No, everything she wears is nice. It's just not like we're at 80%. Runway. We're at 80%. I need 100. Yeah. Yeah. But I do, I, I'm going to, I am going to give this a nut for that reason. But it's not far enough. It's not far enough. I'm going to cut it. All right. That's fine. That's fine. All right. That is it. Well, we had some disagreements with that one. We had some what? A little squirmishes. We sure did. It's so exciting. <laughs> we're getting tired of the season this is episode six. Oh my god seven yeah. <laughs> yeah i can't believe this is episode seven we would be more than halfway through a normal season there's still 10 people here <sighs> it's like what are they they they're not going to cut two people at a time this is gonna be a 20 episode season what's happening i hope they do a double elimination that would actually be great oh i would love that Get rid of five of them. Do a do a uh, what's a what's a five? Quadruple? Uh, no. Nope. Quint quintal. Uh, can can quin. Give me a quinceanera elimination. Quintuplet. Also, we're gonna chacha quinceaneras. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Read a book. Um. Okay. 
So, read a book. Educate yourself. That was Serena Chacha. Oh, I thought you were telling that to me. Well, I was saying it as Serena Chacha. Um, oh, I gotcha. <laughs> yeah. She's like, go to school. I went to art school. You all need to be educated. Read a book. Um, so our tops and our bottoms. Our tops are Olivia Simone and the Candy. And our bottoms are Utica, Elliot, and someone else probably. Oh, Lala, Lala. Ree. Lala. Do we agree? Yeah. Mm, I agree with the bottoms. I agree with the bottoms as well. Yep, I do. I do think Gottmik should have been in the top. Yeah, I would have put, yeah, got, probably Gottmik in the top. Instead of Candy. Or, or Olivia, to be honest. No, Olivia to belonged up there. All right, all right. So <laughs> they're talking back. Anything remarkable happen? I mean, everyone's upset that they're safe, and especially Denali and Rose because they've been safe, but they've both been consistently doing well. And I think this comes from last week where they both kind of deserve top for, especially Rose, deserve top for the disco challenge. They're both definitely getting frustrated at this point, but unlike most times in this or instances I feel I actually feel for them because I do think they should have been in the top the last yeah they, they should have been in the top and then this time around I thought they both did an adequate job I don't think they were in the top but I think they felt that um so I can see I mean I don't think it's just it. this I don't think it's just about this time I think it's about the last few times they're not it's frustrating when you're putting all this work into it and you're not getting the critiques like you're not up there hearing from the judges, even to be in the bottom would be better than to be safe. Yeah, because you want to talk with the judges. It's a big part of the show, right? Yeah. So if you're yeah. just waiting in the back for everybody else who gets to talk with the judges constantly, it's like, what, 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 what's, what's happening? And I don't know what they're doing with Denali because she has had some of the best runways. She's had some really great performances and they've put her in the bottom when she had the best runway on that, or the best um, outfit on that runway. And then they've had her as safe the entire time since which doesn't make any sense to me i haven't agreed with the judges for most of the season in terms of who's in the bottom who's in the top and who's yeah winning. i shouldn't i didn't think god mick should have won uh over utica i thought me neither won that but i thought god mick should have won this one um i didn't think olivia should have won this one um, yeah and i think candy has undeservedly been in the top and in the bottom sometimes um i think they're just it's becoming kind of the candy show. It's like, even in Untucked, like there was 22 minutes of Untucked and she was speaking for 18 of those minutes. Like, they <laughs> well, don't... Like, they were crowding around her. She's like a mob boss. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like literally everybody just kind of orbits candy. She's an energy suck. She's like, she, like it does always, she controls the room kind of thing, which is a great thing. It's a great personality to be. Like, I'm not knocking her for it. I just think for the show, like they should just edit it around a little more to let other people talk. Yeah, she's the mob boss of Drag Race. Yeah. No offense, Candy. You're not a mobster. Just, you know, it's a reference. Like uh, in Untucked, they had her like sitting there on the couch talking with everybody. And then they cut to outside and there she is talking to everybody. And then they cut back inside and there she is talking to everybody. <laughs> like, come on, there's other people in the room. Yeah. Well, poor. Everybody else is shutting down now. I feel like her, she's got that big personality that it kind of everybody else doesn't feel like they can compare themselves to, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like people like Rose and Janelle are just shutting down. 
Um, yeah. And even Tina in some capacity. I feel like she's not as big as she was when she started. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I think I think what you said is like um energy suck. <laughs> yeah, and poor Lala is just like she feels done. She's like, I've done everything I can do. I don't know what more what more they want from me. And it's like, honey, they want a lot more from you when you're not delivering it, but it feels like you just don't have it in you right now. Yeah, it's such a weird mind frame to be in. I can't even imagine. To be yeah. Well, it's just like to be in that state of like Lala of I don't know you, I, you you don't know that you don't have the fashions adding up on the runway You're like did you know what you wore for that ball challenge do you realize yeah and i feel like she doesn't i feel like she's not connecting to that yeah which like i know my fashion sucks <laughs> like yeah. i'll be the first to tell you i'll know why i'm in the bottom when i'm in the bottom no but you know how you are aware of yourself at least and you know uh, but you also do have to put things together really well so i wouldn't down you're not a la la ray by any means <laughs> Well, I don't know if I know how to put myself together very well. You do. I'm I don't. You do. I don't pair anything with anything. I never wear jewelry. I don't wear accessories. Well, I, bu- <laughs> I bought you some nice earrings. So just wear those earrings. Yeah, it's true. I need to wear those earrings. <laughs> you like throw them out. I don't need accessories. <laughs> My expensive earrings. Okay, so who is in the bottom? It is Lala and Elliot. Elliot. But I, I'll, I thought Utica should have been in the bottom, but. I think her look saved her. Yeah, agreed. I think otherwise she would have been in the bottom. Yeah. Which has happened a couple times now because she should have been in the bottom for something else too. Last week. What was last week? The disco. Yeah, she should have been in the bottom for that too. Yeah. However, I'll argue Elliot should not have been in the top last week. Well, that's arguable. And I will argue it. I don't have the energy to argue it, so go for it. Okay, so they're doing what song? Whole lot of woman, Jelly Clarkson. Yeah, Jelly Clarkson. Um, I love this song. I have performed this song. I'm so happy they did it. Um, it's perfect for Elliot. And you know what? It's perfect for Lala, too. I really thought that when they did that song, I was like, oh, this is kind of a perfect, like, Southern song for Elliot. And yeah. Like, but also Lala, because she's also from the South. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it was a great. It was a great song. I loved it. Uh, what did you think of the performance? I think Lala won it. I think Lala gave me the energy from beginning to end. And every time we saw Lala next to Elliot, they were doing the same. If they were walking next to each other, if they were doing a ripple body rollback, Lala's was always better than Elliot's. Um, but because Elliot gave us a center split and she gave us a kick into a split, she gets to win. I don't think that's why. I honestly I do. feel like her Lala's wig played against her. I think when your wig is constantly in your face, you know, I think, it, I mean, yeah, I, I, you need, we need to see your face for this a lot. And Ellie obviously just had all face, right? Yeah. So I feel like, <laughs> I feel like wigs are, wigs are important in these lip syncs. You got to think about like wigs and like framing your face for these things. Like we got to see your lips. We got to see your face. Mm-hmm. So that was my big thing with Lala, um, but I thought they both gave good energy. I did think Elliot should have won that. I did. I did. I don't. She was too like she was fine when she did her tricks, but otherwise, she was way too upright and like it just it. She didn't work for me. She was a little. She's stiff. Well, she's a white woman. What do you want? I want <laughs> a white woman who knows how to dance. <laughs> well. Send her to Alyssa Edwards School for Girls. 
I will. <laughs> she would do great there, I feel. Yeah, she would do great at Beyond Belief. It, Alyssa Edwards should open up a, a, like a pre-drag race school. Like the school you go to before you get on drag race. Well, that's where um, Laganja went. That's where a lot of them should go. <laughs> Both Lala and Elliot, I feel. It's time. I'm feeling, I'm getting the feeling because we're going through, we're on episode seven. This is crazy. But I'm, and there's so many people like Elliot. Um, who else is there that's just kind of sit, sitting around there right now? Um, that I'm like, I know you're not going to make it to the end. I can't imagine you making it to the end. Maybe that's going to be a gag on us. Maybe she mm, does. Who knows? I hope not. But I, I, there's a lot of girls still that I'm like, I know you're, you're a filler queen. You're going, I don't, we know you're not going to make it there. To me, she's kind of, the last of the filler queens though like all the other people who were there i think are really bringing it you're right actually she might be well yeah she might be and then listen olivia has won two challenges now she's she's kind of the front runner isn't she yeah yeah she kind of yeah her and simone which is kind of crazy because i i I am not seeing what everybody else is seeing with olivia so far she's consistent and she's doing she's doing well well it does not create great Mm. But Simone is giving me great, darling. Yep. Even if she never wins another challenge, I think she's going to win the season. Oh, she 100%. It's going to be a star after this. I mean, she's, mm-hmm. she's, she's good for life, as they say, as we say in the lottery business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for life. Yeah. All right. That is this week's episode of Repository Grace. Uh, I was going to say UK, but this is US 13. Wow, so many seasons. So many seasons, so many episodes. <sighs> All right, that's been this week's episode. Please follow us on our podcast, Swirl Talk Podcast on Instagram. And remember to rate, like, subscribe, all those things, and give us a review if you've enjoyed this. We always appreciate that because we are just drag queens podcasting in a pandemic. That's all. That's all we are. <laughs> Doing what we can with what we can't. All right, thank you, squirrels. Talk to you soon. Bye. Goodbye now. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar.